Welcome to another... I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Bum, bum, ba, bum, 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 bum. Chapter 21. The Unknowable Room. Welcome to another episode. I'm Alex. I'm Mole. <laughs> and this is Potter Watch. You went funky. Feeling funky. I had a glass of wine. I'm on May 2nd. <laughs> I'm drinking some bourbon ginge. Whoa. It's really I didn't know nice. you were going hardcore. It's nice. It's it's feeling good. I'm not like feeling anything yet because I didn't do too much burb. I didn't want to go crazy. We had a podcast to record. After all. Um, we are indeed recording chapter 21. <laughs> the Unknowable Room. A great, a great name. One that has already had renames, I would say. I'm pretty sure we've had a chapter called The Room of Requirement. Right. So she's really playing our game. Yeah. Like, what else can we call this? What did you call this chapter, Molly? Um, I didn't tack on room at the end. I just left it as is. Um, but I, <laughs> I renamed it Unpenetrable. Okay. Okay. I've got thoughts. I've got thoughts. I think you're feeling what I'm feeling. I I think Draco's feeling what you're feeling. (laughs) Harry's feeling what I'm feeling. Um, It also applies to feeling what you were feeling. So yes, it obviously applies to the Harry Draco room of requirement thing, but it also applies to Harry Slughorn not He's not even attempting to penetrate that mess, I would say. <laughs> I really wish there was a better way of putting well, that. Molly. Penetrated right? the perfect. <laughs> mm, what is that quote from Pitch Perfect? Mm, not a good enough excuse to use the word penetrate. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. But I do love to use the word penetrate in non-sexual or, uh, yeah, not sexual uh, scenarios. <laughs> I'm sure. And penetrate the mind. <laughs> and ensnare the Um, What did you rename it? I'm trying to find it. Oh, I think it was like the solved case or something like that. Oh, like, yeah, the mis- uh, solved mysteries? Yeah, the solved mysteries. Um, kind of in Oh, that- the room of solved mysteries. Oh. I see. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. That's a Tarzan quote. Not many people recognize it, but... (laughs) I did not. I did not recognize it. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. We've done this before. I know. That's why I was repeating it, like... I recognize that tree. (laughs) It's like the most generic quote to be looking up. It's very specific. Griffin found it for me. Um, Okay, here's my haiku. I'm ready. Harry's triumphant. Well, kinda, but not really. But Herm Herm was wrong. No, no, I'm sorry, sorry. Harry's triumphant. Well, kinda, but not really. 
but Herm was still wrong. And and Haikyuu. I can't believe you said Herm was wrong. Oh my gosh. That this was all from Harry's perspective. Oh, I see. I was like, I think we're gonna disagree on this. Fully with Herm this whole chap. Same. Well, there was one part where I was like, okay. But <laughs> um yeah. for the most part, I was with Hermione. I was just from Harry's perspective, like triumphant kind of but like at least I bested Hermione about this like one Draco thing yes um and that's what happened in this chapter (laughs) not a perfect haiku I think it's very funny I think it's hilarious I'm coming up with a haiku right now feel free to like improv a song uh, it doesn't have to be in a five seven five. No. Okay. Ooh, give me a tune. Give me a tune that you think would fit. Um, jingle bells. <laughs> um, this is the first thing I thought. <laughs> no, I'm 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 gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Um, I'm I'm gonna take your jingle bells and yes and it. Okay. Perfect. So it's not gonna be jingle bells as you know it. Okay, it's going to be mystery bells, they're a-ringing, Drake goes in, the room of requirement, singing, a spell to fix a cabinet, but Harry doesn't know that yet, Crab and Goyle are dressing up as girls. (laughs) In-fucking-credible. I sometimes do wish this was a visual podcast <laughs> because I was blown away. That was like very improv and amazing. Oh, thank you. I don't know if it was spectacular, but I'm so happy that you enjoyed yes, it. It was. <laughs> there is a podcast that does this. Like they do a musical improv comedy podcast. Um, sign me up. It's like man and woman. They're not like a couple, just not that that's important, but like, I think it's kind of interesting. So they're just like friends and they do this podcast together and they like, he, I think plays guitar and she sings, they both sing, Mm -hmm. but they'll just do a little musical with a guest. Like somebody will just give them something and then they'll just do a whole musical in this podcast that's so fun and they're just like making up musical numbers as they go so they still do a ballad and they'll do like a you know there's different like yeah stereotypical musical numbers I haven't listened to their podcast but some they individually have been on podcasts that I've listened to and they'll talk about their show um and every time I'm like intrigued but I've never for some reason I don't know why I've never actually Mm -hmm. listened to theirs but um it's amazing. I think it's an incredible talent to be able to come up with musical things on the spot and you just did it and you should be on their podcast. Uh, I'm definitely going to listen to their podcast. I'll for try sure. and like, find it. Yeah. I'll also listen to it, at least an episode. But <clears throat> um, so great. Let's get into the unknowable room. This is a big dreary episode, I guess. Without yes. Draco, really. I mean, Draco. 
I, I feel like this is a big, like, if this were the start of a play, since we're, like, in a musical mood, then it would be a show about Draco, but this is, like, the first scene without Draco. You know what I'm saying? When yes. plays do that, where, like, everybody's talking about him, but he it's, hasn't been introduced on stage it's yet. Company. It's company. It's company. Like, this is... Bobby. Draco. Draco, Draco darling. <laughs> Draco, darling. <laughs> Malfoy, honey. I want to tell you. <laughs> Draco, we've been trying to find you. Um, I... It, yeah, it's like, um, and to put it into another context, it's like deep background about Draco, but he's not actually in it. Right. Um, um, which is so fun for me, who <laughs> loves Draco. So um, I was just going to do like a quick update, like that we just recorded this episode with my sister where we were talking about Snape and Harry, and she was mentioning... It was in the episode. You can go back and listen to it. But it was basically <laughs> that Harry can sometimes be an asshole. And this is a chapter where both Snape isn't in a good light and Harry is kind of an asshole <laughs> in this chapter. In some in some ways. Yes. Not in every way. No, not and I'm not like anti-Harry in this chapter. I just want to be clear. But I'm right. like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This chapter starts off with a lot of foreshadowing right because of course the beginning of it harry is finding the sect December spell in the prince's book and harry um i have a question for you he says i was gonna try it i really wanted to try it out but i didn't want to do it in front of hermione who were you gonna try Sectisimpra out on harry who were you gonna try it out on right here on again I mean, it says four enemies on it. Who are you going to try it out on? Who in the Gryffindor common room is your enemy, Harry? Yeah, he really, well, so the fact that Harry uses, decides to, like, use the spell, I'm not saying, like, I think it's okay, but I do feel the same way as Harry does. Like, I trust this book. And so it has the same ethics that I do because I trust it. So I don't assume that it's going to do what it's going to do. But I do think it was also clear, like, four enemies. But, like, I think he's thinking of four enemies like Leva Corpus, like my dad used on Snape. Um, No, I 100% think you're right. And I actually think that's a really good point. I think, actually, She Who Must Not Be Named is really good work in putting that this in this chapter where he's saying oh I want to try it out here because he clearly doesn't it proves what he says later that he had no idea that the spell was real what no idea of what the spell was capable of yeah which I mean obviously still not right and like all of these spells I mean not to be like you should test it out on animals, but like you should test it out on something that's not a human. Like any of these spells, like anything. I know that was a big old yikes. PETA come throw paint on me, whatever. I'm just saying though, like it's really bad to do this to another witch or wizard that you are. I think they should, because they're in a magical world, 
there should be like dummies that you can animate like how they kind of how they do in order of the phoenix in the movie yeah and then you like can like test out and try out spells on that so it's not hurting a physical person but it like would mimic how it would affect a human that's way better than my animal analogy. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, I was just thinking animals because they, <laughs> they definitely use them in like transfiguration. <laughs> yes. Yikes. Yikes. Um, which I know, not right, but. <laughs> I'm sure the uh, the PETA members uh, that listen to our podcast are really offended. Also like not PETA members, just like people that love animals and I get it. And I'm sorry, Alex is right. Listen to her always. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Always. Um. My first note on this whole book thing, I'm still so annoyed at both Harry and Hermione. Like, stop bickering. You both are being dumb. And I'm like mad at both of you for like just catting about it all, 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 so much. <laughs> they're I mean they're both digging their heels in they're yes. being yes they're being classic Gryffindors right and now I'm just mad about it I, I do think Hermione to let it go but I also want Harry to stop being so righteous about the book yes and separate from the book Hermione is so right like you don't want another talking to from Dumbledore Harry like you already like learned your lesson it's time to focus up I totally agree. She is right. She is spot on with this whole like Slughorn stuff. The only thing with the book was like, she just keeps needling Harry. She's like that stupid book. And like, stop. Like she's nagging him about the book. And right. It's, like, he's, he's not listening to you about this. Like, let it go. Let it go. Let it go, sis. It's not going to happen for you. Yeah. But you're totally right. She is spot on about everything to do with Slughorn and Dumbledore and all the memory stuff. Yeah. And and I think she is right about the book that it's probably not going to help him. Like he does need it's something about Harry that's going to unlock this Slughorn thing. Right. He we talked about this a couple of chapters ago. And we were saying, like, maybe he would have had to use the Felix Felicis, but he could have, like, tried some other methods. And I actually think he could have contrived what happened in the next chapter with Felix Felicis without Felix Felicis. Like, he could have done that conversation with Slughorn about his mom and, like, you know, had a couple drinks or whatever he just had to like get the scenario right, which is obviously what the Felix Felicis is right. Like all of that was like available in some capacity this whole time. Right, which is what Hermione is saying and pointing out because Harry's like trying to like figure out a spell to use or whatever. And Hermione is like, you know, like anyone could have used a spell on him. Dumbledore is asking you because it, there's something specific about you and you need to like unlock what that is so that you can do what he's asking. And that's great advice, Hermione. Like, obviously you're right because you're Hermione, like good on you, but. And I think Harry's mad because it's not specific enough. He's like, well, what exactly do I need to do? And I'll do it. Like, he's not willing to put in the work to figure out. Right. Bullcorn stuff like he is with the Malfoy stuff. Mm -hmm. 
we get our Runeil Waslib in this chapter. Yes, iconic. Runeil Waslib is so funny. It was almost my rename. It, it was almost my everything. <laughs> you know what it is? It's my tattoo. <gasps> Same. It was my tattoo as well. <laughs> I would get the this book is property of Rudel Waslib tattooed on my body. On the back of my neck. Like a barcode. <laughs> on my forehead. Let everybody know. <laughs> no regrets. <laughs> I Ron was weirdly almost my champ. He wasn't because of one thing, but he had so many like light-hearted moments in this chapter that I really enjoyed mm-hmm. oh you weren't gonna oh you weren't gonna elaborate you're gonna let it happen yeah I mean th- one this like all of the operating stuff but there's something else later obviously that happens that um we'll, we'll just when we get to it we'll let things unfold okay but I do need that spell checker quill I know. I always think about that. I'm like, that seems great. Except for like Ron, I wouldn't notice when it stops working. I feel like Ron is, it spelled his name wrong. He should have noticed. He should have noticed. That's embarrassing. Over like once. Yeah. Um, Also, OMG. I know that Ron has said this before tongue in cheek, but this time it feels different. He said, I love you. I love you, Hermione. And then she blushed. Don't let Lavender hear you. I know. And then she got flirty. Oh, she was like, yeah, don't let Lavender hear you say that. That's totally something I would have said if I was, like, pretending not to have a crush on somebody. It's like, oh, don't let blah, blah, blah. Like, just playing it cool. or right, right, right. Oh. It's um, so flirty. Also, like, kind of sage advice from Mr. HP on um, just ditch her. Like, don't, like, if you don't like her, just break up. Yeah, please end that. End it for us all. Like, if it's coming from Harry, like, <laughs> what does that say? It says a lot. It says quite a lot, actually. Nothing good. Um, so a lot of people have crushes on Draco in this chapter. Our first one, though, is Creature. Well, I was like, are you already to Myrtle? I have a lot of stuff. <laughs> no. Creature is my first case of someone who has a crush on Draco. Why? What makes you say that, Alex? Because he's like... The handsome boy has bone structure like his mother. <laughs> he walks with a regal oh whatever. Yeah, I was like, my God, Creature, why don't you just ask him to marry you? I also love Creature's tactic here. It's, I think it's kind it's of so. It's so funny. He's like, yeah, I'll tell you what about Malfoy. He's really cool super awesome he goes to breakfast he goes home he goes to classes like he's supposed to he does this like he's supposed to and then harry's just like oh whatever dobby what did you get i don't even like you knew this was gonna happen harry why would you even involve creature like creature's like i'm following the orders 
master. <laughs> um, also, I think it's really funny that Dobby is like, I haven't slept in a week. Dobbs, take <laughs> not funny. Take care of yourself, buddy. And Herm is about to go off on Harry. Well, Harry didn't say for Dobby not to sleep. I know. But he did say 24-7. Yeah, he knows how literal Dobby would be. I don't love how dismissive Harry is up to Hermione in general, though. He's basically like, whatever, I can work around that. Like, just, like, Hermione's trying to, like, make good points. And I get that, like, Harry's, like, a train just, like, going through, like, right now. But I think he's being a little rude. He's being a little rude, but also Hermione shuts down everything about this. So it's kind of like... Yeah, this was the part in the chapter where I was like, I'm more on Harry's side than Hermione's, but also like, let's let's all be cool. <laughs> <laughs> let's be buddies, okay? Um, because, I mean, Hermione doesn't come out and be like, you were right, Harry, and I was wrong, but she is like conceding to Harry, except for like one part where she questions him again. Right. And she's at the dark. And she is and she's asking questions about it. So it's like she is a little bit invested, which is nice. Yeah, even the dark mark thing, which is the one where she's like, I don't know about that. She is like, I don't know about that. She's not totally shutting it down like she was before. But it's not great. I I don't know about you, but I felt such a relief when Harry like put it all together. When he got the polyjuice potion, I was like, oh my God, I just feel so much better knowing that Harry's like figured it out. I was so happy for him. I was like, this is smart, Harry. Good for you. You got it all solved. Um, so for context for the readers, listeners, we're talking about Harry putting all the puzzle pieces together for Draco that um he's using polyjuice potion he's in the room of requirement he's working on some sort of project and yes I was like happy that Harry figured it out but it was mostly relief for me that I was like I feel less stressed (laughs) yes I don't know why it was stressing you out so much I I I think it's also I should clarify that I root for Dracos (laughs) I think it was more stressful that like Again, no one was believing Harry, and he didn't have any proof. Proof. Right. No, I'm happy. I really am happy, and I was joking about rooting for Draco. I think he's up to no good right now. He's being a very naughty boy. Well, I'm not even, like, necessarily rooting for Harry to figure out what Draco's up to. It was really just, like, uh, I'm glad that you finally have something substantial to stand behind, because I didn't think any of the stuff beforehand was enough to be, like, He's up to something. I think his his conversation he overhears with Snape is pretty good evidence. Yeah, but only like reading between the lines again because Drake was right. like everything in that conversation. So that's more telling of Snape. I think that combo is more like putting. Snape yeah. In the, um, and obviously, I think he should be reading between the lines, but this is like, you know, we're not reading between the lines. Like, this is actually hard proof evidence. Yeah, you're right. Um, 
<laughs> that stupid Marietta Edgecombe. I love that Hermione still has this fire, even though Mary Ed- Marietta Edgecombe is like permanently scarred. Never heard of it For the rest of her life. Who was I talking to about this? I think it was Ben, maybe. I was talking to the other day. He was like, she has sneak on her forehead forever. Like, she tr- like, and Hermione feels no remorse. And I'm like, she shouldn't. Marietta deserved what she got. My my headcanon is that, like, if she does an act that undoes it, it would undo the sneak thing. Ah, uh, if she does, like... Like, if she goes above and beyond to, like, per- like do something for, like, the Order or something like that, mm-hmm. like, even fight in the war, like, that would undo it. Right. Um, I do... I mean, if I was being, like, really, like, deep diving, like, that's a rough thing to do to, like, a 15-year-old is to, like, a decision they made is, like, a permanent, like, thing on their face. But that happens all the time. Their 15-year-olds get felonies, and that stays with them forever. I don't think that's right, though. (laughs) But then Hermione's also a 14-year-old doling out that punishment. Right, But I, but like not thinking about it like that, I love it. (laughs) I think Marietta had every opportunity not to tell and she did tattle. Like if it was the way that Cho does it in the movie where it was like a potion that makes her tell, then I would feel bad that she gets sneak on her forehead. I'd be like, she literally had no choice. But because she elects to tell like a little bitch I just <laughs> I don't know yeah I I think no I you're you're definitely right but but again he, if I don't think about it I'm like like I wasn't I was not a snitch when I was uh in high school but I do think like if I knew something like big was happening like that like I would want to tell like my parents about it Molly that would be like right now if you were in high school and there was like an anti like Trump group in your like underground. Yes, in your school. You and they were getting in trouble because they were like going against the alt right kids at your school and your in your we're school was authority. Yeah. Right. I know it like in context it's very different, but like I do think like for instance, when I was in high school, my dad worked for the school system and did like the technology stuff. And so like, we all had laptops at my high school. And so like people all the time would like come up with ways to like go around the system and around literally my dad. And I would never tell, like, I would never tell my dad, like was like that figured out a new proxy or whatever, whatever it was. But I do think like, if I but, like, the thing with Marietta was, like, she was a part of it. it she like joined she it. Heard about it. Yeah, and they asked her multiple times if she really wanted to be a part of it, and she still joined. Like, she never right. had to, yeah. Like, if I heard about a movement like that, that I wasn't a part of, that I didn't understand, I might have told and been, like, I don't know what's happening, but this is, like, scary. Yeah. Versus, like, being a part of a group and going to the thing and knowing what they were about and then telling. I don't think I would ever do that ever, ever. So I don't really identify with Marietta. I think I was just identifying with the, like, oh, my God, what is happening? And, like, my mom is involved in this thing. And, like, 
Well, Hermione is also a tattletale, but she would have never told on something like this. Right. Yeah. So I just, I had to just talk that out for a second. <laughs> I think you don't have to identify with Marietta. Edgerow. I don't. I think I don't you're okay. It was just the part about like, I think her big, her big argument was that her mom worked for the ministry, which I don't think is enough to like warrant what she did. Um, But I I had that same argument and I didn't tell is all I'm saying. You're not like her. I'm not a sneak. I certainly would have tattled on other stuff. Mostly my siblings. (laughs) I needed love and adoration from my parents. (laughs) That's that middle child syndrome. Anyway. <laughs> moving on. Hermione. Again, a, a different sage advice from Ms. HG on um, maybe you should use that time to um, talk to Slughorn instead of going to the room of requirement and spending all that time on Malfoy. Great idea. Great idea. Does he listen? No. <laughs> I also said yet fruitless advice. <laughs> um, I can't remember at what part this is, but my note says, Harry, you sound like a crazy person. Like when he's like going through all of the theories and trying to, he's like, I'll figure it out. I'll get through. I'll get into that room. You don't, you worry. I'll do it. Yes. That was, I think, the point where I was, like, a little dismissive of Hermione. He's like, never mind that. I, I will figure it out. I will find a way. Because Hermione's like, Hermione, okay. like oh, they knew exactly what we were doing, which is why. And you don't know what Draco's doing. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's insane. Um, also love Ron's priorities throughout all of this is like, God damn it. I wish I could operate like a house elf. <laughs> yeah. Ron's going through his own struggle. I just, Wait, did we skip potions? No. Okay. No, I just, my last note was like, again, a second note is just like, I appreciate how much Hermione is like trying to keep Harry on the path. Like, yes, me too. You are supposed to be finding Slughorn's memory. That is what you should be doing. You already got a talking to. I, if I got a talking to, I would be there like every day. I'd be coming up with plans. I'd be talking to Hermione about plans. Right. Like, and I get Harry's like the kind of person like, okay, this is now on his mind. And so he goes, that's my next thing. I was like, he goes to the room of requirement for his first period, which he doesn't have a class for, and like spends an hour, which is an incredible amount of time to be like putting words at a wall. An hour. Like that should be it. Like you have one hour, you have one class period to like dedicate to this, and then you can't do it. So then you move on to what you're yeah. supposed to be doing. I agree. But wow, 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 wow. But he comes back multiple times to that wall. He spends an entire Saturday in front of it trying to figure it out. I think that's really funny. <laughs> so his he's little thing. Like, I need to see what Malfoy's doing here. Blah blah blah. AKA, I need to see Malfoy. Is all he should say. I I truly 
I wonder if that would have worked more. If he let himself say, I need Malfoy. What do you think would have worked? Like, not knowing what he was actually up to. Like, do you think any of it would have worked? No, because I think Malfoy, Malfoy is saying, I need to go somewhere where no one else will find me. Or something like that. So, I think Harry would have to say something like, yeah, more simple. Like, I want to see Malfoy or, and the room might open for him. Well, maybe only when Malfoy's in there, but I kind of disagree. I think that he would have to do the room where lost things are because I don't think Malfoy's just like- Well, yeah, that's how- well, that's how he gets in there later is because he says he wants the, the room where lost things, but he, but Harry, but that's again, like you would have to know what that is. So it wouldn't be without knowing. Right. But that's what I mean. Like the vanishing cabinet is in that room. So he would have to say that specifically. It's not even about Malfoy. It's about the vanishing cabinet. Right. But I'm saying Harry gets in there by accident like if the question is how would Harry get in there without knowing what to say he would have to notice like he doesn't even know what Malfoy's doing in there so he wouldn't know that there's an object of lost things you know right. what I mean? no, I, yeah I agree but I do think that Malfoy's not saying like I need a secret room where no one can find me like I think Malfoy's just saying I need the room with lost items oh you think so yeah because I think he I don't think the vanishing cabinet would come up in other rooms. Like it's only in that room. I, see. I think. Or show me the room with the vanishing cabinet. Cause he knows specifically yeah. what it is. But um, do we know how Draco found that room? Other than that. I know that he figured out the vanishing cabinet thing because of what's his name. Borgen. Well, slash the, Quidditch kid um, yes Montague I think um but I thought they just moved the vanishing cabinet there somebody moved it there because it was like missing um yeah so I don't know how he like found the room of requirement I guess well he got in there when they got he Harry says it in this chapter, he knows about it from fifth year when he found them in there. Yeah, I don't well, oh yeah, you're right. You're totally right. So he knows about the room. Yeah. So maybe he moved it in there. Yeah. That's what I thought is that he moved the the No, I think you're cabinet totally- in there. Okay, I love the Crab and Goyle thing. I think it's so funny when they figure it out. Oh, that they're dressing up as... That they're polyjuicing as, like, first-year girls. Um, okay, can we talk about those headlines in the newspaper? Yeah. Honestly, it hit a little too close to home for me. It felt like how I feel reading, like, the news right now in 2020. Like, so-and-so died. Nine-year-old killed. (laughs) Grandparent. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
like between celebrities or just like not even people you know necessarily but just like these horrible stories that we're hearing right and then like we are hearing about like you know children you know not right now specifically because we don't have schools but like let it be known that our longest time in this country not having a school shooting is because of COVID-19 so like we do hear a lot of stories about like kids shooting up schools and it's it's devastating but that's I was like you know and and if this world feels a little uh pre-apocalyptic right now so and this is for the Harry Potter world pre-war pre-civil war so it just was a little it hit a little too close to hope because she's clearly trying to create a a pre-civil war environment like think there's unrest clearly things are not okay and I was just like wow this really sounds like the newspapers that I'm reading right now that is to say she who must not be named is doing a great job but also like where is our world going I mean yeah just like even just celebrity deaths alone it's like who's next or not even celebrity but like we just had RBG die so it was like another blow like it's just like a one thing after another and it's like notable names right necessarily people I know personally but um uh some of you listeners may know um I started a YouTube channel with my friend Jessa and we were doing our plans for when we were like recording and what we're going to like be uploading and we were doing November schedule and we were both like, all right, here's our plan. But if uh, the election doesn't go great, things might be different, you know? Like we might not have, we might be not be in the right headspace to like Post. do anything. Yeah. Ugh. And I was like, I don't even want to think about that. I don't either. Let's keep talking about Harry Potter. Let's talk about fictional worlds. Yeah, but even Harry Potter makes me feel sad right now. I know. Okay, but I laughed at um, Harry's co- self-commentary to himself. This is him again trying to, like, get people. Yes. He's like, okay, okay, I thought the wrong thing. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, come off it. That was a clear instruction. Fine. <laughs> unraveling (laughs) see if I were writing this in a dreary fan fiction Harry would just uh, just say I want Draco I want Draco I want Draco eventually and then it would let him in but it like isolates them in not the same room Draco was in and Draco's like how did I get here what's going on and then it would become like other room of requirement fan fictions that I've read where they're trapped in there and they have to admit their feelings and then the room will let them out. Classic meet cute. <laughs> Classic meet cute. I'm at Snape's class now. I feel like Harry really pushes things with Snape. Like this is totally Snape's fault. But Harry, you could have just quit while you were already down. I don't know why you felt the need to keep talking. Oh, I don't... I feel like he was fine in the class. He was fine, but, like, 
he said it and then Snape like gave him sass and then he like kept trying to explain himself and I was like Harry this you know Snape just like this was about the inferior and Harry was like talking about how Snape should not be just in the order so then Snape calls him out and is like okay Harry since you're talking why don't you tell us what inferior are and then Harry's like well they're not transparent like ghosts they're solid which, which is, is like awesome. a fine thing to say and then he like doubles down and like explains it more is what Alice is saying which yeah I guess he didn't have to but I don't Harry could have gotten sassy Harry and he didn't. No, no, I'm not mad at Harry. It was more just like a, when you're watching That's a train wreck, you're just like, you might as well. Like, you know, Snape is not gonna like whatever you say. And then Ron tries to help, which I'm like, Ron, you definitely just need to be quiet. I fucking loved what Ron said though. I was so excited. It was so nice. It was really nice. But I was just like, oh my God. And then Snape bullies Ron. And then Hermione's about to say something. And I'm like, oh my God, these this this little crew friends right here. Yeah. Um, But like Snape, this isn't a roast. Why are you like roasting your students? Like they weren't even his usual jabs. He was, (laughs) can we have a few as examples? They were just like. Uh, Well, ghosts are transparent, he said. Oh, very good, interrupted Snape, his lip curling. Yes, it is easy to see that nearly six years of magical education have not been wasted on you, Potter. Ghosts are transparent. Pansy Parkinson let out a high-pitched giggle. Several other people were smirking. Harry took a deep breath and continued calmly, though his insides were boiling. Yeah, ghosts are transparent, but in theory are dead bodies, aren't they? So they'd be solid. A five-year-old could have told us as much, sneered Snape. A ghost, as I trust that you are all aware by now, is the imprint of a departed soul left upon the earth. And, of course, as Potter so wisely tells us, transparent. Well, what Harry said is the most useful if we're trying to tell them apart, said Ron. When we come face to face with one down a dark alley, we're going to be having a shufty to see if it's solid, aren't we? We're not going to be asking, excuse me, are you the imprint of a departed soul? There was a ripple of laughter, instantly quelled by the look Snape gave the class. Another ten points from Gryffindor, said Snape. I would expect nothing more sophisticated from you, Ronald Weasley. The boy, so solid... He cannot apparate half an inch across a room. Well, and so he, one of his jabs that we just heard was probably that, um, like, a five-year-old could have told us as much. But, like, clearly not, because Seamus was the one that initially asked this and was like, or Dean, what, what is a inferior? Like, they don't Seamus. know, and they're six years. So, like, you're, one, you're not doing your job because they don't know what it is. And Harry's definition is fine because, like, a, that's a six-year telling you it, not a five-year-old. Like, they don't know. Right. Also, it's, like, not a bad definition. It's not really a definition, but it is, like, a... Like, or, exa- or a way to differentiate. Yeah. It's, like, they're both, like imprints of things that used to be alive and are now dead right in the infrared 
isn't translucent. And I do think that Snape Snape does end up giving a really good definition about like animating a body. Like I think, but he's teaching the class. Like this is what we call in education a teachable moment. And Snape, you failed. Like, well, one, you did give a good definition, but you suck as a teacher. Like, take this as an opportunity to teach your fucking class something. Right. Like, when Mag- when they said, McGonagall, what's the Chamber of Secrets? McGonagall wasn't like, ha-ha, you didn't read Hogwarts of History? Alex uh, leaves. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Okay, sorry. When, uh, <laughs> when Professor Binns, when they're like, Professor Bins, what's the Chamber of Secrets? Professor Bins doesn't go, oh my god, you should have known this. Did you not read Hogwarts A History? A four-year-old could have told you what Yeah, he just takes you through the whole thing. Again, on the Snape thing, though, like, it is so infuriating that Snape, like, literally gets off on putting students down based on their most their biggest insecurities like he does with Ron he's like oh well I heard I heard a rumor that you couldn't even get through your apparition test yeah like what is that that was so how do you know that how do you know that did you hear about in the teacher's lounge like stop gossiping about your students also like how you couldn't think of anything else to say, like, on an education basis, so you just went for the nuts, is what you're doing. Yeah, it was so unnecessary. It was so rude. That's all I had on Snape. I'm at Myrtle now. Um, I am, too. She's my crush number two on Draco. Yes. But I also have to say, Myrtle, when she's describing Draco... Like me, he's also bullied. I was like, is he? No. <laughs> well, I think he is by like Baltimore. Yeah, by like he's abused, not bullied. He's like in a full, like a- emotionally abusive relationship with Voldemort. Um she was like, I haven't uh, I've learned not to expect but too much from boys. I'm like, that's correct, Myrtle. Myrtle, our mad woman. You came to the correct conclusion. I did have a question about Myrtle. Speaking of imprints and ghosts versus inferi, do you think that because Myrtle was like having an episode essentially, like she was crying a lot, she was like very upset when she died, that that makes her more upset as a ghost. Like, not just because she's a teenager, but, like, because she was actually, like, basically having a hysterical moment when she died. I don't think so. I think it's her... Just her personality? I think because she was upset and bitter when she died, that's why she can't cross over. Because, like, that's part of her personality. Yeah. In that way. The same way, like, the reason the gray lady can't cross over is not because she was, like, spiteful in nature, but because, like, she had that secret, you know? Yeah. Well, that secret happened after she died. No, I'm talking about the the diadem. diadem. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Also, okay, Ron was so tactless. 
with Myrtle here. That was so rude and unnecessary what he says. I completely agree. So I just chastise Snape, but I will also chastise Ron. Um, Ron, why do you also get off on putting people down based on their insecurity? He literally says it. He, or she who must not be named literally says it. Like, ah, him bringing down Myrtle makes him feel bad, better about Snape bringing him down. And I'm like, that is classic, like, bully, cyclical behavior. Agreed. I do think it's, like, so juicy and interesting, though, the Myrtle stuff with the mysterious boy that's so emotional. Okay, but can we just for a second talk about my poor baby crying in the bathroom? It's really tough. It's it's sad. We want to like Malfoy, but you can't when he's sad like that. You can't, like, it's so sad to think of him like this. Like, you don't, when you think of Draco, this is never how you picture him. Or how you have pictured him up until this point. Yeah. Like, it's so sad to think of him, like, crying in this bathroom. Talking to Myrtle, of all people, because he has nobody else. He doesn't have any friends. Like, in fan fiction, they like to write that, like, Blaze and Pansy are his real friends, but he doesn't have any real friends. He has no one. He's so closed off and blocked off. And he treats Crabbe and Goyle as henchmen. Like, he really has no one. Yeah, I agree. It's really sad. Um, back to chastising Harry. <laughs> Hermione's, like, go straight to Slugger's office, trying to get the memory from him. And Harry's like, I've been trying. And I'm like, that is not trying. It's a lame excuse. Maybe spend all of that time looking for Slughorn on the Marauders map instead of Malfoy and you could find an opportunity. He was, I will say, later we get the information that he has been going every day to Slughorn. I didn't get that it was every day, but yes, I do think he's been like attempting contact. Yes. I just mean like if he looked on the map for Slughorn, like he is for Malfoy, he could find times where, like, he could go talk to Slughorn where he can't escape to his office. Right, of course. Like, he just needs to work a little harder, I think. Shout out to Harry flirting with a polyjuiced Goyle. I want to put a Jim Dale quote in here. Put it in. He waited until he was right behind her before bending very low and whispering, Hello, you're very pretty, aren't you? You're very pretty, aren't you? Very pretty, aren't you? Amazing. So funny. And then I just love the idea of Malfoy sweating bullets in there and Harry just waiting on the outside for him to come out. Yeah. Oh, Tonks. Sad face. She got it bad, man. She got it real, real bad. She's, like, just sadly wandering the halls of Hogwarts. So rough. 
I did have a logistical question. Uh-huh. I thought that the room of requirement was, like, somewhat close to Dumbledore's office because Voldemort, like, leaves his office and then, like, on his way out puts the diadem in the room of requirement. Also, like, Harry runs into Trelawney, like, on the way to Dumbledore's office. Like, like there's moments where, like, the room of requirement being close to Dumbledore's office is, like, pertinent to the plot. But, is- like... Where is Dumbledore's office? Well, in this chapter, Harry's like, um, his office isn't here. It's around the other side of the castle. I just think that's a mistake. That seems like a a JK mistake. Because in this, like, same book, it's, like, kind of nearby. Also, Dumbledore's, like, looking for chamber pots, like... Well, that makes sense, because he wouldn't need to if he was near his office. Oh, no, I thought he woke up and, like, I don't know. I don't know about the whole chamber pot thing, but yeah. Um, moment of silence for Harry saying, no one in the Order talks to me since Sirius died. No. That's very sad, and they all should be ashamed of themselves. I'm also, like, proud of him for, like, trying to express his feelings and connect to Tonks. He's like, I miss him, too. And Tonks is like, huh? (laughs) Tonks. But she's going through her own Yeah, she's, like, heartbroken. I really, I I kind of don't like that Tonks is characterized like this. Like, I love that she loves Lupin and everything. I just... This is extreme. It's extreme, and I don't think it's really in character for Tonks to be, to take, to handle it this way. I think if this was, like, from Tonks's point of view, she would have not handled it this way, but this is the easiest way to uh, get it through Harry's point of view. But, like, I think if it was from Tonks's point of view she would have been more, like, forward in telling, like, Lupin, you're being an idiot, you clearly, like, I think she would have been more, not, like, forceful about it, but. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I understand and agree with what you're saying, but I do wonder, like, if it was from Tonks' point of view, that there was, like, more to it, like, where. I definitely think they had a thing, so, like, uh, like, broke it off. Yeah. I think something more, more than just like a, like, I don't think this was just a crush. Like, I think something really genuinely happened. No, I think they fell in love and then. Yeah. On, honestly, I think they fell in love and then Sirius died and it fucked everything. Yeah. I think it made Lupin, like, go back into himself and, like, distance himself from her. Yeah. And I think it affected Tonks too, Sirius dying, but not, like, the way Harry. Not the same way. I think she's upset because of the Lupin thing. Yeah, yeah, but I do think that probably it all, I mean, obviously it's all, but I think Sirius died and, like, the whole war is, like, making her want to be with Lupin even more, whereas it's making Lupin want to stay away more. Right. Um, So then Harry goes back and airs out Tarks' dirty laundry with his friends, which is fine. But this conversation I have some cues about because Harry says I don't want to be the one to say it but like do you think that Tonks was in love with Sirius 
And then they say, mm, maybe. And I personally think, Harry, this is a great guess on your part. A great guess. I'm so shocked that you picked up on anyone's feelings. However, their immediate response should have been, they are cousins. And not one of them says that. Yeah. Well, I think that's what Hermione's thinking. It's like, oh, Harry. <laughs> well, but Hermione doesn't say that. Hermione's like, mm, I don't know. I think because she's like, it is also like us proud of Harry for like doing emotions. But I said that this whole Draco thing has HP in his feelings. He's like, oh, I didn't even think of it like that. He's like, oh, I'm so upset because I have secret feelings for Draco. Maybe Tonks is upset because she has secret feelings for Sirius. Everything's just elevated. Full circle. I just love that Hermione has the final word in this chapter. Shut up, Ron. Tell him, Hermione. And yet... I doubt you'd find a woman who sulked for half an hour because Madame Rosmerta didn't laugh at their joke about the hag, the healer, and the membulous Mimbletonio. Boom. Love it. Love it. Absolutely bloody adore it. And because of that, Hermione's my champ. Slash other reasons. Dobby's my champ. He worked hard. Dobby. Excellent. My rat was Severus Snape. Sev. Sev is also my rat. He was being very rude. And I kind of gave it lower points. I did 63 points. I gave it 70 points um, because I love it as a setup for, like, coming chapters. But I don't think as a standalone it really does a lot. But we get a lot of info on my boy Draco. Agreed. So I gotta love it. And we already said Runeal Waslib is Runeal the- Ra- Also, I have to give 70 points to Runeal Waslib alone. The birth of Runeal. We get another mention soon. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. It, the second mention is funnier. I'm just gonna say it right now. Agreed. <laughs> when Snape says It's <laughs> 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 so it's when Harry has the book and he's like going down one of the secret corridors we're gonna get to it I know but it's so funny (laughs) fine I'll fine I'll let it I'll let it be for then I'm excited about next chapter though because it's chapter 22 after the burial woof it's a romantula it is a good chapter. It's going to make me sad about Lillian. I don't, I just skipped over quiz because I didn't have one. I kind of assumed you didn't, but. I don't have one either. Um, stay magical. Charmed, I'm sure. Mischief managed. Bum, 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 bum.